Do please sit down. Well, I often read some Bible verses at the outset of uh, a service like this. And uh, when I was uh, with Kathleen earlier in August, uh, the last time I saw her, I read a number of verses with her. In fact, she finished some of them for me as we read them together. And I'm going to read some of those verses at the start of our service. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, where I am, there you may be also. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. I have said these things to you, that in you you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Well, I'd like to welcome you, so many of you here, to our service. I'd like to welcome those who are watching online as well, or who watch later on. Um, we're coming to, to give thanks for Kathleen. Uh, she's much loved as a, a mum, as a gran, as a great granny, uh, much loved in the churches that she's been involved with and served alongside her husband Peter, uh, both here and at Coventry. And uh, we want to give thanks to the Lord for, for her lovely life. Uh, we want to join with the family as well in their time of sadness. But uh, acknowledging as well that the sadness, though very real, very deep, also is combined with a, a sense of hope and relief and thanksgiving that a woman of faith has gone to be with her Lord. And we also will hear from God's word in our service Things which will hopefully help us on an occasion like this in our own thoughts. Well, shall we pray and commit our time to the Lord? Lord, we come to you as our eternal Father, uh, the giver and taker of life. We come before you in this service, committing it to you at the outset, praying there may be that right combination of thanksgiving, of hope, uh, and even of a, a deep joy alongside the very real sadness that is felt at this time. We pray that you will be honoured, for we know that's so much what Kathleen wanted in situations like this. And all this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the first hymn chosen by the family is the well-known hymn, Amazing Grace. It's on the hymn sheet, prepared. It will also be shown behind me on the wall. And I want to read verses uh, 5 and 6. Yes, when this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil 
a life of joy and peace. When I've been there a thousand years, bright shining as the sun, I've no less days to sing God's praise than when I first begun. Well, when the piano starts, do please stand so we can sing through this hymn. The family have put together some reflections as a a thanksgiving uh, for Kathleen's life. 
And uh, so our sons, Andrew and Paul, are going to read them through together. And then after this, uh, Peter Cordell, who is from the church at Coventry, where uh, Peter our pastored for 18 years, is going to come up and lead us in prayer. So do come round here, gents. Thank you. The Bible says, the memory of the just is blessed. This, we believe, is true regarding mum. Her family know best what she was like as a mum, a granny and a great-granny, though I'm sure many who are here today and elsewhere are aware of her influence over the years. So much of what we mean by being a good mother was evident in mum. So much of what we are, who we are, as her children is because of her. Mum was born in 1930 to Ben and Amy Walshaw. She had one older sister, Sheila, who later married David Haddo. Mum grew up in Brighouse and the family attended Bradford Chapel, her father later becoming the pastor there. This is where she was baptised in her early 20s. It was in Yorkshire that Mum developed her love of adventures and as her more recent memories faded, it was, loved to, it was lovely to hear her reminisce of being involved in, uh, in escapades involving falling in a, a local river and placing coins on railway tracks. This love of being outdoors and her sense of adventure stayed with her all her life. Whenever family visited, she would have the maps out and would be planning the next Crowborough Walk or National Trust visit. Just sitting around relaxing was not on her agenda. The grandchildren all remember her nature walks or walking in the hills or forests, especially in Scotland around Loch Carron, beautiful place where mum and dad spent many happy holidays together. We actually stopped there on our way home from our recent holiday just to be reminded of some of those views that they loved so much. After finishing school, Mum completed a teacher's training course at Avery Hill College in Kent. Mum had very fond memories of her Sundays at Tamworth Road Chapel in Croydon. It was at this time that Rosemary Miles became a lifelong friend. She then spent two years teaching seven-year-olds in Huddersfield, followed by one and a half years at a boarding school in Bury St Edmunds teaching 11-year-olds. Recently, we came across a reference that Mum had received from one of those teaching placements, and I quote, Kathleen possesses a sense of humour and a charming smile. There have been many, both inside and outside the family, who have since enjoyed that beautiful smile. Caitlin said, Granny had the loveliest, kindest giggle. We can all remember mealtimes when everyone around the table, including Dad, would laugh sometimes until we cried. And often it was Mum's infectious giggle that started us off. She had the ability to find the funny side of things, was always able to laugh at herself, sometimes with utter abandonment to helpless, side-spitting mirth. One of the grandchildren said, we loved her warm smile and the delight on her face when we visited. She was so kind and showed her compassion in many ways. It was always a joy having a laugh with her, and somehow she could always add more humour to a story. 
It's clear from the reference that she was a gifted and able teacher, and her pupils loved her. She has always loved geography and any travelling adventures. Some of the grandchildren remember being whisked away on a magic carpet or an imaginary airplane to visit other countries with her. To quote again from the reference, the children really cooperate with her and appreciate her participation in their pleasures. She loved being with little ones. Even if the house was in chaos, she was ready to listen, answer questions and enter into the fun going on around her. As Naomi said, our fun was her fun too. In 1957, Mum married Dad, Peter Rowell, and they had homes briefly in Oxford, then in Nottingham, where Stephen and Janet were born, and in Evington, where I and Helen were born. Times were so different then. We found a booklet containing Mum's records of our early developments, not particularly flattering in parts, but there were accounts of us finding our way alone from a home in Mickleton Drive to visit Granny Rowell in Whitehall Road. It seems to us now that we were given a lot of freedoms. Mum would often turn a blind eye to the silly antics we got up to, whether that was playing with candles in an old wooden shed, that didn't end very well, (laughs) exploding a homemade bomb that blew a hole in the back lawn, or cycling an old bike into a hole dug next to the weeping willow tree which we had just filled with water. We could play cricket in the black garden, even after the ball smashed the glass in the greenhouse. Many of these events provided illustrations for Dad's sermons. In 1965, the the family moved to Coventry, where Dad became pastor at Rehoboth Chapel. Our home at 65 Maidenwell Crescent became one of the hubs around which church life revolved. Mum was always working, cooking, reading, praying, gardening, shopping or washing, never aimless. Andrew, Susan, Jenny and Tim were all born in Coventry. Mum's ability to listen well was something we all appreciated. Tim said, I so valued those times when I would sit at the kitchen table and just talk. And she would listen and guide gently. And I missed that so much when I went away to college. Mum was always very enthusiastic to hear what was happening in our lives. She delighted in our achievements much more than in her own. Mum's love for us meant that she would rather listen to us talk than talk about her own concerns. As we moved away, we could be sure of Mum enjoying all our news when we called, and then sharing it with other family members. She would imagine herself on our holiday or sympathise with whatever stage of parenting we were struggling with. She was always a gentle encourager and a wonderful support. In 1980, Mum and Dad had the terrible heartache of losing their firstborn son, Stephen, in a motorbike accident. One of the verses that was precious to both Mum and Dad was from 2 Samuel 12, verse 23. I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. It is so lovely to think that that hope is now fulfilled. In 1983, Dad became pastor of the church here at Forest Fold. This pastorate continued for 23 years with Chapel House again, being a vital part of the life of the church. It is now 
Dad could not have continued his work without the loving, steady, consistent support and encouragement of Mum. In both churches, Mum is remembered as a faithful, supportive pastor's wife. She had a big heart, offered warm hospitality, substantial meals, and was a blessing to many with her thoughtful and often practical care. Food and family mealtimes were important to Mum. It's therefore not a surprise that food has featured strongly in our memories of her. The famous chocolate pudding for any visiting family, sausages and gravy for breakfast and mystery pies on a Sunday, baked beans with wonderful roast dinners, homemade ice cream with us counting who got the most chocolate chunks, syrup sponge, ice cream pudding, which had nothing to do with ice cream, and the lemon freeze at Christmas. No meal was complete without a pudding or sometimes two. Here at Forest Fold, Mum taught in the Sunday school, and although she struggled with a lack of confidence, she sometimes led the ladies' group. People have said that she led it ably and humbly, and that what she said was very helpful. She spent many hours in preparation for this and was well outside her comfort zone. Mum loved books, and so it was fitting that she looked after Forest Fold Library for several years. I'm having to face up <laughs> missing books and then finding that I've got them. <laughs> she very much enjoyed choosing the prize books for the Sunday school children. She was so keen to find ways for them to understand gospel truth. She wanted to make sure that they could each say, from a child, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. Dad passed away in 2015. During Dad's illness, we saw, perhaps in a way we hadn't before, Mum's visible expression of her love for Dad. Her love for him and for us as a family ran deep. But this increasing openness in displaying and giving signs of affection continued until the end, and we all appreciated it so much. The family is continuing to grow. There are now 34 grandchildren and currently 18 grandchildren with another expected next month. Mum's memory loss has been sad to watch. But what has been observed by many has been her gentle patience, her continuing sense of humour and beautiful smile. Some have commented on how she aged so gracefully and what a privilege it was to care for her. Mum was so blessed in these last few years by lovely carers. We will miss our interactions with you and reading in the carer's diary how creative you had been uh, as her memory faded and as she lost her sight. Thank you. The last few months have been difficult, particularly so when her mum's eyesight failed in May this year. She had three very special holiday weeks in Carlisle before moving into a care home. Just five weeks later, she passed away in Tunbridge Wells Hospital. Many of the comments of those who helped care for her and visited her have described the kind of woman that she was. A gracious, humble Christian lady, so supportive of her husband, a blessing to many, a quiet, consistent way of life. A lovely smile, very heartwarming. 
it has been a privilege to care for her. Patient, loving and humble, she taught me so much. We have fond memories of her prayers for us. A gentle, godly character, so self-effacing. She loved chocolate. She had an infectious, cheeky sense of humour. This sense of humour was there still, still there amongst the confusion of mind and loss of sight. Just recently, Mum was on the stairlift at Bryant's Field, where the stairs turned through 180 degrees. Ruth was talking her through the descent, trying to reassure her, and said, You're going round the bend now? <laughs> Quick as a flash, she responded with, I hope I'm not, with her inimitable and infectious chuckle. She drew so much strength from her faith in the Lord Jesus. When she lost her vision more recently, Tim spent a day with her, just as this reality was sinking in, and she was clearly troubled. Some words from Romans 8 were a real comfort for her. She knew that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I know that we are hopelessly biased, and we've only known one mum as our mum, but we think she excels them all. How much poorer we would have been without her love and care. Auntie Ruth described her as a family rock. We think that sums her up. She was consistent, true and good and was a solid, dependable landmark in our lives. We all wanted to please her and know her approval because we knew it was worth something. Much of what she did was done quietly and unnoticed but through everything we always knew that she deeply loved us all. Though deeply grieving our mum, we are thankful that her struggles are over and she is with the Lord whom she loved, revered, and served faithfully for so long. The day mum died, her eldest grandchild, Ben, sent this message. It really sums up what we couldn't put into words that day. We are sending our love and prayers. We remember and thank God for her loving, gentle, godly character. We are so thankful that we do not grieve as the world grieves that Granny is now no longer confused and fearful, but rather with her Saviour, which is far, far better. She sees him clearly now, no longer through a veil dimly, but face to face. Her tears are wiped away, and all is joy and light and peace. Shall we all pray? <clears throat> Almighty Lord God, we humble ourselves before you, we bow low before you in all of your glorious majesty and infinite perfections. We worship you as the creator of numerous galaxies. We worship you as the one who has made each one of us. 
We thank you that the time came when you formed Kathleen in the womb. And we thank you for the long, useful life you gave to her and for her natural gifts and abilities. We thank you so much that through faith in Jesus we are united to him and in that union the believer receives forgiveness, eternal life and every spiritual blessing. We thank you that you gave that gift of living faith to Kathleen. We thank you that by your power you sustained her as a believer right to the end. We thank you for those lovely reflections we have been able to share together just now. Thank you for her sweet, lovely influence as mother wife, sister, granny, great-granny, pastor's wife, and special friend. We thank you for the way she served so willingly and so wholeheartedly in church life. And this morning, we especially thank you for the wonderful, effective way she supported her dear husband in his life's work as preacher and pastor. Thank you for how you helped her support him as pastor at Coventry and pastor here. And, Lord, we believe that only eternity will show just how much he owed to her by your grace and sustaining help. And now, Lord, you have taken her. We will see her lovely smile no more. Please ease the pain and the grief. Please comfort our hearts. Please give the troubled heart and we thank you so much for those memories and we thank you that she shall now sees you face to face Lord your word tells us it is better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting because that is the destiny of us all and the living will lay it to heart. We ask that at this time we may each, each one of us here, confront the mortality that we ourselves personally face. And please help us each to respond to that with true wisdom. And we ask these things seeking the forgiveness of our sins and praying in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.
and it's been really helpful to give to get such a, a bigger feel for Kathleen's life and then to turn to the Lord in thanksgiving for her life. As I mentioned earlier, uh, her desire was for God to be praised and uh, the second hymn, the family have chosen, so clearly does that. It is the hymn, Immortal Honours Rest on Jesus' Head. It is because of what Jesus has done that we can face a day like today with such a sense of hope. So shall we join together in singing the hymn, Immortal Honours Rest on Jesus' Head. Please do stand as the piano starts. sit down. Well, we come to the Bible reading or Bible readings. Uh, There was a particular uh, verse that came to my mind when I was thinking about Kathleen, and it has the word precious in it, 
And as I thought about that, it made me think of some other verses as well in the Bible. So rather than a a single long passage uh, for our readings, I want to read uh, a number of uh, different verses in which you will find this verse and which will act as a basis for what I want to say this morning. Three of them are from uh, a letter from Peter, one Peter and one from a psalm. So firstly, in uh, chapter 1 of 1 Peter, this is our longest reading, going to read from verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And to verse 18 in that chapter 1 of 1 Peter, knowing that you were ransomed, redeemed, saved, from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Then in chapter 3 of 1 Peter, verse 3, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewellery or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And then one verse from a psalm, from Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Well, when we lose a much-loved family member, we lose something precious, very valuable, too valuable, really, for words, incalculable. And I'm sure the family feel like that on a day like this and at a time like this. In the verses that we looked at, there were other precious things uh, talked about and referred to. And I want to mention them and relate them to Kathleen this morning. And hoping that it will help us as well to reflect personally at a time like this. The first of four is precious faith. Precious faith. In his second letter, uh, Peter talks about all believers as having a a like, precious faith. In the passage we read from his first letter, 
It talks about that faith being tested in the fires of, of difficulty and trial and being genuine faith, which is more precious than gold. Kathleen had faith. Precious faith. Genuine faith. She believed and trusted in Jesus. She relied on him as the one through whom she received forgiveness and everlasting life. She had faith. She believed Jesus was the Son of God who was raised from the dead, the rescuer of all those who call upon him. She had faith. Precious faith. We may not have many things that others have. We may miss out, but we don't want to miss out on this one. Precious faith. Genuine faith in Jesus. And I think for Kathleen, knowing that faith was such a valuable thing, such a a precious thing, she, like uh, others from her background and generation, sometimes worried that she didn't have proper faith. But it was evident to all who knew her, and I believe evident to the Lord himself, that that she was a lady with genuine faith in Christ. Precious faith feeling unworthy of having faith that led her to especially love the gospel invitations which have the word whoever in it. Perhaps you know of some of them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, said Jesus, I will never cast out. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Those who place their trust in Jesus are welcome, forgiven, have everlasting life. Well, it's good for us to reflect this, uh, I say this morning, this afternoon, this lunchtime. Do we have faith? Precious faith. So valuable. What a gift. Something to seek for. And if you don't, then maybe just reading through some of those whoever's that were precious to Kathleen, I'd encourage you to be led to the Lord Jesus Christ in personal faith. Precious faith. Secondly, precious blood. Precious blood. Perhaps you think that sounds a bit gory. It's really pointing to what Jesus did on the cross. We may say, well, why should I put my trust in Jesus? And one of the big reasons, one of the chief reasons is his death his willingness to die on the cross, his willingness of his father to send him, that on the cross he was there instead of others taking blame, taking God's judgment, taking the penalty that sin deserved. Peter, in his letter, tells us that we're not saved or redeemed by our own money 
and the things that we have. It is through the precious blood of Christ, a perfect lamb sacrificed for others. Uh, Kathleen, with help because she was getting older, uh, wrote a, a little testimony near, near in the end at some point when uh, she was wondering about uh, um, entering in one of the homes. And the testimony that she wrote shows her faith in Jesus and it shows that the death of Jesus was precious to her. This is what it said. My trust is in the righteousness and sacrificial death of the Lord as the only way that I can be right with God. I trust that he has given me this faith and will keep me looking to him until the end of my journey on earth. My hope is expressed very much by these lines from Gadsby's hymn number 984. The Saviour died and by his blood brought rebel sinners near to God. He died to set the captives free and why my soul, why not for thee? Why do you feel to have your guilt dealt with that sense of shame and failure, which we rightly feel when we think of our own lives, it is by the precious death of Jesus that this can happen. There, as a substitute, he takes away the guilt of others. It is precious blood. Well, it's the next verse, which is the verse that I, I sort of started on this theme with and especially reminds me of Kathleen. And let's call it precious attitude. Precious attitude. So 1 Peter 3 verse 4 said, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious precious attitude. I referred to uh, some of the family members uh, that this verse had been on my mind and one of them said it was a verse on their mind which uh, summarised so much of their mum. So outward beauty, it's nice isn't it? It's a bonus but these verses tell us it's not the, the big thing, it's not the priority. What is more precious in God's sight is the the inner attitude. And here, a beautiful attitude is described as a gentle and quiet spirit. And that seems so much to describe Kathleen. Don't you think it's such an apt summary? A gentle and a quiet spirit. Uh, Here in the passage that we read, it's especially describing an attitude within marriage, being a supportive and gentle wife. And many couples find a lot of pressure in responsibility. And I know that uh, Peter, Kathleen's husband, and she with him, bore very many, many pressures in pastoral life. And uh, I'm sure it was a great gift of God, a tower of comfort and strength 
for Peter to have a wife who was beautiful with a gentle and quiet spirit. I know the family have felt this described how she was through her family life. Gentle and a quiet spirit. So much patience, so much tenderness, so rarely, if ever, cross gentle and a quiet spirit in family life. It was the case in church life, and I'm sure those who have been with Kathleen in her church here at Coventry in other churches connected have just seen that despite often being very busy, occupied with many things as we've heard, there was such a prevailing gentle and quiet spirit which had such an impact on others and on the atmosphere. Gentle and quiet spirit in church life. And I know it was felt beyond these spheres as well. I was talking last week to um, Kathleen's former uh, dementia support worker in relation to something else and uh, she inquired over Kathleen because she hadn't been with, involved with her so much in recent weeks. She was sad to hear of her loss and passing. She wanted her condolences to be passed on to the family. But this was the word she described to me to summarise Kathleen. Gentle. Such a gentle lady. And that when she was suffering so many limitations... A gentleness um, so often overlooked today in a, a sort of strident, go-getting, give-as-good-as-you-get sort of world. But to God it is beautiful, precious in his sight and has a wonderful effect on others. Gentleness is a gift from God. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I believe that Kathleen's life was a very was a, a life laden with spiritual fruit, and one of the big harvests was the gentleness that God helped her to demonstrate. Well, I suspect it's an example that would be good for us to think about today, and to seek with God's help to reflect in our own relationships, in our own spheres. We might be surprised what a good effect it has on others. So, precious attitude. The last precious is not um, from Peter's letters, but uh, a psalm. And I'm just going to call it precious passing, or precious death, we could say, but precious passing is the title I'll give it. So in thinking about this theme of precious, my mind went to Psalm 116. It's a, it's a great uh, Bible song in and of itself, but it was especially that verse 15 which reads, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Death is, isn't it, in so many ways such a, a hard thing, uh, such a distressing thing. There is uncertainty in approaching it. There is often pain. There is often panic. There is often bewilderment for the family. Perhaps uh, uh, it's experienced in a busy hospital where it seems the loved one is overlooked by the medical staff. But what a consolation that they are not overlooked by God. God is receiving them to himself. There is a marvellous entrance. They are with Christ, which is far 
better. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I was uh, looking through some articles in relation to uh, Peter and Kathleen, something that was in a magazine called The Gospel Advocate. And uh, one of the things I came across was in relation to the uh, death of Stephen. You've heard of of that in the um, the, the Thanksgivings, the reflections, uh, that her oldest son passed away. And what a massive thing that must have been for for the the rest of her life, but especially in those early years, a massive thing for all of the family. And I noticed as I looked what the the preacher spoke about at his funeral. It's a man called Peter Jeffrey. Some of us know of him. And his verse was Psalm 116 and verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of of his saints. I guess it comforted the family then. I think it can be a comfort to them again now. The death of all those who put their trust in Jesus is precious in God's sight. Well, in case you hadn't noticed, there was a, another English lady in her 90s who had, uh, has passed away in the last couple of weeks Understandably, the attention of the nation and the commonwealth and indeed the world has been grabbed and gone in her attention. But the Lord doesn't only get concerned about the famous passings. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of all his saints. Kathleen has just received the precious attention of God as she's been welcomed as a good and faithful servant to enter into the joy of her Lord. Precious passing. I look back at some notes I had about Peter Rao's last uh, sermon here at Forest Fold. And uh, he finished that sermon on, on a note of anticipation. These were his final words. There is a prospect to look forward to, to be with Christ, which is far better. Well, that is now enjoyed by both of them. Because precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So I hope that verse is an encouragement to you as a family at this time. And to all of us to think about precious faith, precious blood, precious attitude, and then precious passing. Well, our third song that we have in here in the service ends on a a note of anticipation, but it especially focuses on giving thanks to God for his keeping until that point. Uh, But let me uh, read the third verse. For my life he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life. He will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned to sight. When he comes at last. And do please at the end of the hymn remain standing.
Uh, the burial will take place in the graveyard behind me. And uh, all are welcome and encouraged to, to come out. Uh, do take the order of service with you as we are planning to sing a hymn at the graveside. Uh, the family weren't planning to spend undue time at the graveside afterwards, so do feel free uh, to come away. Uh, they would be pleased, however, for as many as feel able to stay afterwards for refreshments. So after the committal, if you could come back in through these doors and the drinks will be served in here and then you can follow through to the hall for food. Well, shall we pray? Lord, we do give thanks for Kathleen, for your goodness to her and through her. We give thanks for the words and themes we have thought about, which have pointed us to Jesus. We give thanks for that gentle and quiet spirit which was worked through her lives. We give thanks, Lord, for the food that has been provided, for those who have been busy providing it, and for the time together that it enables for friends and family at a time like this. And as we move outwards uh, towards the grave, we pray for special strength and encouragement to be given to the family at this time. And this we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.